Welcome to the week 14 DFS edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake and I'm here with my younger brother Carson as we talk about all the players on this slate that we like. How you doing Carson? I'm doing very well and I'm ready to jump right into it. Um, So I can start with Brady. Tom Brady who had 32.6 DFS points last week. I think in 6 point TD passing he led the the league for the week and for QBs so uh, he was on track for 80 passing attempts he only ended up with 51 I say only but uh, still had a tremendously great day and now he's facing the Bills and you might be like whoa 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 the Bills secondary is really like difficult to throw against but we're talking about Brady in a like Super Bowl matchup uh, is the caliber of this matchup so I expect him to show up and you definitely have the stacking opportunities with Evans, Godwin, Gronk, and Fournette. We'll talk about a few of them, if not all of them, uh, later on in the show. So um, he's not super cheap, but you're getting a big game time Brady that I think will do very well for you. Um, you got anything to add, Brady fan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so $7,600, uh, not the highest priced quarterback. Uh, surprisingly, that's Patrick Mahomes. But I guess, you know, sort of unsurprisingly, since he's playing the, the Raiders that he absolutely torched back in week yes. 10. Yes. That being said, Tom Brady at home against a high quality opponent. I think it's going to be, I mean, we talked about it in the regular season show. We, we said that we were confident that, uh, Tampa Bay and that offense is going to take the over on uh, Buffalo's defensive averages. So uh, we like those options, and you know it's it's really hard to root root against Brady. It is, it is uh, at this point in his career for sure. So we'll move on to Justin Herbert, seventy one hundred against the Giants. So that's a great matchup in Los Angeles. Uh, Herbert's past three games, he's been on a good hot streak. He's had three hundred plus passing yards in each of those three, which gives you a DFS bonus. And he's thrown for three, two, and three passing TDs respectfully. Uh, while he hasn't done much on the ground, well, actually in week. Uh, 11 he had 90 rushing yards so that's surprising but you're not really expecting that from Herbert but he can get it done so I just expect him to have a really good game uh, Keenan Allen officially will not be playing Mike Allen's is likely playing according to the coach but watch for that but either way Mike, I do Mike ex- Williams what did I say Mike Allen Mike Allen Keenan Allen's brother <laughs> um yeah he won't be playing either but Mike Williams might be and I just expect Herbert to get it done against this Giants defense that doesn't scare you at all. Um, and yeah, he's been on a hot stretch, and that's why his price has gone up a little bit. It's the first time he's been over 7000 since week 10, um, but I think you're paying for what you're getting for, uh, for Herbert. Yeah, this is kind of the opposite argument for Brady, just because it's uh, like they're playing the Giants. So um, the defense doesn't scare you and you like his uh, remaining weapons, especially in Eckler and uh, maybe a unfamiliar face that we'll talk about later. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Taysom Hill, who yes. I think most Value people... pick of the week. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's crazy because uh, I believe on uh, FanDuel, he's like the the discrepancy in the prices is absolutely astronomical so yes Taysom Hill at $5,600 he is on the road but he's playing the Jets I mean come on now we we just we just watched Gardner Minshew have a great fantasy day against them Minshew mania yeah and that was great to see and I and I played him last week in DFS and he did pretty well for me um but yeah Taysom Hill this week 
he had four turnovers last week uh, against Dallas. I expect that number to come down. Uh, he had two two passing touchdowns on 264 passing yards, 11 carries for 101 yards. That's the stat that really uh, stands out for us here uh, against the Jets. I, I expect more of the same, and and it's just a great matchup. It's a great price. I think it's going to be a very popular uh, tournament play in in lineups. I do agree. He's hard to pass up on on that uh, price. So I guess we can transition to running backs. And if you want to talk about the uh, top tier guys of Eckler, Kamara, and Fournette. Yeah, let's get let's get right into it. So, uh, kind of going along the same lines with his quarterback Justin Herbert, uh, they're playing the Giants, and they're aired are at home. Uh, Eckler is he's one of those receivers, or you you would think he's a receiver by by the number of targets he gets <laughs> exactly. But but he's a running back that is just a target monster, uh, averaging. Let's see, looks like. Uh, seven a game. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, in the past three weeks, and uh, obviously has the rushing potential. He's getting low teen carries, and you know, uh, four to five to six receptions in a game. So all of those things are positive aspects of his game. Uh, and with without Keenan Allen, I could expect that number to get a little bit higher. Those targets and those receptions to climb a little bit higher than he's been averaging lately. So there's upside there. Even at 8,300, he is the most expensive running back. But I think that it's worth paying up for, uh, given the matchup and everything else that we've discussed. He also has seven total touchdowns in the past four games. So that's uh, he also has that incredible floor with the boom potential of just the touchdowns. Yeah, great upside. I like that a lot. Uh, let's pivot to Alvin Kamara. So, again, Alvin Kamara. I mean, uh, n- quick, off the top of your head, name three of New Orleans' wide receivers. Uh, uh, Deontay Harris, Lil' Jordan Humphrey, and uh, Traquan Smith. But that was really difficult. <laughs> and yeah, none of them are Deontay fantasy Harris. relevant. And Deontay Harris, you forgot Marquez Callaway, but uh, oh, yes. Deontay Harris is suspended. So uh, oh, wow. this receiving core is even less important than they were before with him gone uh alvin Kamara, another guy in low if not i mean we've seen him get 20 plus carries this season i don't necessarily expect that to happen with Taysom hill there i think it's going to be more of a low teen carry for hopefully both of them uh and then Mm -hmm. on the receiving end uh, 22 targets over the last three games, so a little over seven targets a game. Again, I could see that number being around there or even higher. Uh, his season high is 10 receptions in one game. Uh, that would be great for DFS, and it could certainly happen against the Jets. I mean, I think that it's going to be a one-two punch between Taysom and Kamara. It's going to be a backfield uh, mismatch there. And Mark Ingram's inactive with COVID, right? So you're not worried about that one-two punch. So I think yeah, the stack of Hill and Kamara could be very, very strong. Uh, Uncle Lenny, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, Uncle Lenny. Um, so here's what I'll say about him. Uh, again, uh, surprisingly, and this is someone that we didn't anticipate having this kind of impact on the roster, but uh, he's he's been a target monster. And he's really not that kind of player that you're... You're not the player that you expect to be like that, but he has been. I mean... Uh, Eight, eight, six, and nine. Those are the number of targets he had in the past four weeks. And he's delivering on most of those. I mean, Brady is getting it to him very consistently. He's got seven, seven, six, and eight in receptions in those four weeks. 
So you love that. We've seen him get three on the ground against Indianapolis back in week 12. So he has the rushing upside. Uh, and I mean, I mean, it's it's really $7,400 at home. We saw we saw New England run all over Buffalo in a game where uh, in, everyone in the stadium knew what New England was going to do, and they still couldn't <laughs> stop them. So yeah. I like Fournette here. We talked about it in the regular season edition. And, yeah, just I feel good about him at that price. Uh, I think he's going to pay off for a lot of teams. I agree, and I, I also just noticed that those three top-tier running backs are on the same team of all three quarterbacks we talked about. So, uh, yeah, stack potentials for sure. Uh, we can move on to the next tier. Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I'll start with Gibson. Three of his last four games, he's had 20-plus fantasy points. Uh, three of his last four games, he's had 20-plus carries. The outlier for that is 19, or the one that was not included is 19, so he was close to it there. And he's had two receptions, not a ton. Uh, zero, that was against Carolina. That was his one week with less than 20 fantasy points. Then seven receptions and five receptions. And um, I do think J.D. McKissick looks like he's going to be playing. Isn't that correct? Uh, currently listed as questionable. Okay, questionable. You like him even more without McKissick because McKissick can be a TD uh, <laughs> scounger from Gibson. But either way, he can get it done even with McKissick there. He's getting the workload. He's looking legit. And he's facing a Dallas defense that isn't amazing. Um, so you're not really worried about that. I expect Gibson to continue his role in his hot streak and do very well in a uh, divisional matchup that would be a big win for the football team. Uh, we can move on to Chuba Hubbard. Obviously, the unfortunate news in Week 12 of McCaffrey suffering an injury that will put him out for the rest of the season, opening the door for Chuba Hubbard to reinsert himself back in that role that he was in earlier this season. And earlier this season, he only had one 20-plus fantasy point game, um, and but that was a game of 24 carries and 101 yards. So, like, he has the potential to do that. And this Falcons defense is not strong at all. So I expect him to be able to continue that. And we saw what Leonard Fournette did with receptions against them. So uh, Ch Chuba could get involved in that avenue as well. Uh, so that adds to his floor even more. Um, we talked about how the rest of his schedule isn't super strong, but this week is good, so that's good for DFS. And then yeah, Javante Williams. Okay, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, this is probably the last chance you're going to be able to use Chuba uh, reliably in DFS because, yeah. like we said, the matchups coming up are just so difficult. Yeah. And then Javante Williams. Uh, obviously, you, you he's... He might challenge Hill, that's hard to do, Taysom, as the biggest value play if Gordon is out. But even if Gordon is playing, this is such a good matchup against the Lions, who I think are like the bottom five for the amount of points and yards they allow for running back. So there'll be enough to go around. I mean, you saw what happened in week nine in Dallas with, with Gordon and Williams just going off, uh, both of them, because this, the Broncos team is happy to use both of them uh, if they can. And I think it will work this week against Detroit because they're not a very strong defense. Um, three of his last four games, he's had a 110 plus total scrimmage yards and three of those games are with Gordon. So I don't think you're super scared even if Gordon plays with him um, and you're only paying 5,900. So it's not like, he's got a floor that I think is very safe for that price. Um, yeah, so I like him and love him if Gordon is out, but like him. <laughs> So. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, not to rain on your parade, but Melvin Gordon was a full participant on uh, in practice. So yeah. 
it's looking like he's going to play. He was uh, very close to playing last week, and they held him out. So yeah, uh, but you see the talent. To be you there. see the talent yeah. of Williams. Yeah, it's oh. difficult to uh, to go away from that. But let's, so we talked about some really good options at 6K or just below. Uh, let's talk about some guys that are right around the 5K or lower mark. So I'll start with Deonta Foreman uh, at $5,100 playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will be at home. Uh, and the thing here is, so, you know, Dontrell Hilliard, he had a, a good game, popped off a big run, and that made him uh, a more lucrative running back in last week's matchup. Yeah. Uh, we do kind of expect Jeremy McNichols to be a little bit more involved this week as he was inactive the previous week. Uh, and that's going to affect Hilliard more than it will Deontay Foreman just based on how uh, those players, uh, how the, you know their play style. So I kind of expect Deontay Foreman to kind of slide more into the, the lead rusher and... That he should he should get most of the carries on the first you know first and second down, uh, should have most of the goal line opportunities I would imagine, and you like the matchup against Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, we saw what Sony Michelle was able to do against them, and mm. uh, given the opportunities, I think that Deontay Foreman can uh, deliver pretty well in that in that position. Yeah, uh, and I then agree. and then some real low balls here. Uh, <laughs> 4,400 for each of these players, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Ty Johnson. So we know that uh, Eli Mitchell is out this week due to concussion. And so Jeff Wilson is the next man up. We know that the San Francisco running back is a valuable position in fantasy and in DFS as well. So, I mean, at 4,400, they are on the road at Cincinnati. Doesn't really scare you too much. Um, and I think he's going to get the workload. There will be some inclusion of Jermichael Hasty, uh, but I think most of the touches will go to Jeff Wilson. Uh, on the other hand, Ty Johnson at home against the Saints. Uh, I kind of expect, you know, if they're going to be competitive in this game, uh, with some of the receivers that they have been uh, questionable throughout the week, like uh, Elijah Moore, I think that Zach Wilson's going to have to rely on some dump-offs, and that could open the door for Ty Johnson to get involved. Obviously, I'd feel a lot better if one of the other quarterbacks was playing for the Jets, but yeah, because that's where we really saw Ty Johnson get involved in the uh, in the passing game. But I think that he can. I think he can get a. I mean, this is forty-four hundred people. Exactly. We gotta, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here in terms of running backs. These are these are value plays and. I think that uh, it's it's not the best matchup, but it's kind of a different uh, role that Ty Johnson plays. He's not a lead uh, back in terms of carries. He has only uh, one double-digit carry game, and that was back in week two. So mm. things are things are kind of settling in where he is the pass catching back. And in a game where we expect the Jets to be behind, I think you can uh, like that position for him. Agreed. Uh, we can move on to wide receivers. The top guys. Uh, I'll talk about Godwin, Lockett, and Evans, but first I'll just lump together Godwin and Evans, and honestly, it's all the same analysis that we had of Brady. I mean, Godwin last week had 15 receptions on 17 targets, and Evans had 7 receptions on 10 targets, and what allowed that to happen is because Brady threw the ball 51 times, so I expect them to be able to get 
each of them to get their fair share if you wanted to play both of them, or just you can safely play one of them uh, and with upside of them getting touchdowns as well. I don't think neither of them had a touchdown last week, but both returned respectable fancy days. So yes, like both Godwin and Evans. Uh, and Lockett, you're facing the Texans, so you're not worried about that matchup at all. Russell Wilson, obviously, we've talked about that in the regular season show. Since he's returned from his finger injury, he's not been the same Russell Wilson, but Lockett has sneakily been uh, kind of the most consistent he's been all season in the past uh, three weeks, where he's put up 18, 12, and 19, almost 20. Um, he's getting targets, 5, 5, and 8, not a ton, but you're getting a player that's uh, that breaks off and gets huge plays and has the boom potential and gets touchdowns. I mean, this is someone who scored like 40 or 50 fantasy points before, so he has the boom potential, and I think at 6,700, uh, it's not as risky as Tyler Lockett would probably usually seem in your DFS lineup. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, and one thing that one thing I'll include is, uh, you know, since since Russell Wilson's return, uh, has played Arizona, a hot Washington football defense, and San Francisco. Yeah. So I mean, those are three teams that are, uh, especially with the football team being included there, uh, consistent performers on the defensive end. That's true. Uh, I think that this is a great opportunity for Wilson to kind of get right and uh, and and capitalize on playing a stinky Texans team. <laughs> that is true. I mean, the beginning of the season, weeks two through four, Lockett was over 7,000, so you're getting a discount. And yeah, we don't feel yeah, as confident of DK, but I wouldn't be surprised if he returns value too, but Lockett has been a little bit more consistent even in Russ's slump. Um, but yeah, I think the matchups have a lot to say about that. But we can move on to, uh, you can talk about Hunter Renfro and Mike Williams if you want to. Yeah, I want to. Right. Um, I, we've been talking about Hunter Renfro pretty much as long as we've been doing this podcast. Uh, he's just been extremely extremely reliable. Uh, we can see in week 10, last time they played Kansas City, he got you 17.5 fantasy points, seven catches on nine targets for a touchdown and 46 receiving yards. Uh, this guy is just getting a lot of looks. I mean, uh, excluding week 11 in the past four games. So I'll say this. He's had nine or more targets in four of his last five games. Uh, and he's he's exceeded 100 receiving yards, which provides a three-point bonus in DFS in his previous two weeks. So he's I mean he's coming on, and it's it's exciting to watch. I think he's got a great opportunity to do something very similar to what he did in Week 10 uh, on the road against Kansas City. Not uh, not a defense that scares you, and then. Along those same lines, Mike Williams, if he plays, and that is kind of an if at this point, but uh, Coach Staley says he should play on Sunday against the Giants uh, without Keenan Allen. You could easily see Mike Williams getting 10-plus targets like he was earlier in the season. So he has the upside. I mean, and this has been a guy that has been up, or, up and down thus far uh, after that initial boom, but... I like his opportunity in this offense against a bad Giants defense, and without Keenan Allen, I think some more targets head his way, and he can uh, he can capitalize on those. Yep, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, 
it's crazy to be talking about Mike Williams like he's a safe play, but with Keenan Allen out, I definitely feel like that is the case if he plays. Uh, we can talk about our very cheap options, both at 3,400, uh, Laquan Treadwell and Jalen Guyton. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, uh, a, he is a Jaguars wide receiver, if you don't know who he is. He has had four receptions in his past two games and five and eight targets, respectively. So I expect that to continue to uh, be at that level, and they're playing a Titans team that they'll probably be behind, most likely, and the Titans are also easier to pass against than run against, so that plays into that game script, so I expect him to continue to get targets and receptions, and if he finds the end zone, you're getting a astounding value at 3,400, so I like him a lot, and then Jalen Guyton, uh, last week had four receptions for 90 yards and a touchdown. He had a deep touchdown. Uh, he's been in this team all year, but hasn't been super involved. But with Keenan Allen confirmed to be out and Mike Williams potentially being out, and I like Guyton even more if Williams is out, obviously, but I like him currently, uh, even if Williams plays, because then he kind of fits into that number two role, um, if you're not considering Eckler as in that number two role. So yeah, uh, those are two guys at 3,400 that I think could save you a lot of money and also return value for you. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, and then, Blake, you can talk about Kittle and Gronk. All right, so George Kittle, we saw what he did last week. I mean, my goodness, he absolutely went off for 42 and a half fantasy points. Uh, this is a similar situation. It's looking unlikely that Debo Samuel is going to play. Uh, and in his absence, we kind of expect George Kittle to uh, uh, shoulder that, that load on offense. Yeah, apparently it's not Ayuk, as we talked about him last week, but he didn't really uh, live up to that. So I think Kittle, yeah. <laughs> I agree. George Kittle's playing more like George Kittle lately. Uh, of course, if you exclude the game where he had one catch on two targets against Minnesota. Uh, but yeah, he's playing strong and coming off of a huge performance. I think that uh, the absence of Debo is really going to help him this week if that's the case. Again, uh, $6,900, he's the second priced tight end, but he, we've seen that obviously he can he can pay for his uh, price and then more pay off for you. Uh, and then Rob Gronkowski, I mean, it, it goes along the same lines. We're, we're pounding this, this Buccaneers... Uh, lineup here, but it, it's true. I mean, these are the value. These are the guys that have value on this offense. Tom Brady is playing very, very strong now, uh, heading into the final stretch of the season, and Gronk has just been really reliable. I mean, it it goes without saying that he is putting up touchdowns, he's putting up the yards, he's getting good target amounts. Uh, just a solid all around at six K. I agree, and then we can go down to kind of a mid-tier, and I'll let you, because you have him, uh, you have him in your eye more than I do, but Dawson Knox. Yeah, so if you want to go on the other side of this game, because I think there's going to be a lot of passing in this game, and we know that that is the, the focal point of the Buffalo offense, it's through the air with Josh Allen, uh, Dawson Knox has averaged around, uh, let's see, 6, 3, and 10 for his previous three. And 6, that came in the game where 50-mile-an-hour winds were blowing around. So the fact that he was getting that amount of targets in a game like that in those conditions, that's promising. Um, but that being said, uh, he has scored some touchdowns this year. He's got 7 on the season. Uh, so he's getting the, the uh, end zone looks from 
Josh Allen. Yeah, I like him this week. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And if you want to kind of diversify yourself from people playing Gronkowski, I think Knox <laughs> is a great option. I agree. Uh, we can wrap up on the lower tier of tight ends with Ricky Seals-Jones at 3,600 and Austin Hooper at 3,400. And honestly, all the analysis I need to do with Ricky Seals-Jones, because he's been out for a few weeks, is we remember what he could do when Logan Thomas was out. And Logan Thomas has been placed on IR, so he's definitely not going to be playing this game. And uh, I expect Ricky Seals-Jones to slot right back into that valuable uh, football team tight end role and to just continue to be a strong option for you. Uh, I mean, Terry McLaurin has been struggling. I do expect him to probably do better than he has been, but I do think there'll be plenty to go around for Ricky Seals-Jones, especially at 3,600. Um, and then Austin Hooper, he's mainly just there because, I mean, we've seen the talent. I think it was two years ago when he was on the Falcons and he was like a very strong tight end play. Yeah, like uh, a top three tight end. Yeah. Yeah. So he has the talent, but fantasy-wise, since he's been at the Browns, he's kind of been uh, put a, put in a cap on by Njoku and uh, other people that they throw in at tight end. And Njoku will be out with, I think, on the COVID list. Uh, yes. so he's the other, only other tight end name that really concerns you is taking away targets from Hooper at the tight end spot. Um, so Hooper is the clear tight end, uh, for the Browns against the Ravens. And I just expect him to be, uh, a safe play at 3,400. I mean, the last time they played the Ravens, he had zero reception. So you don't like that, but, uh, this is a new situation that we're talking about now. And at 3,400, I think it's a good one. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Thank you guys for listening. Good luck in your matchups this weekend, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.